You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Half a mile from the county fair, and the rain came pouring down. Me and Billy standing there with a silver half a crown. Had to pull up a fishing rod and the tackle on our backs. We just stood there getting wet with our backs against the fence. And it stoned me to my soul Stole me just like jelly rolls And it stoned me And it stoned me to my soul All right, for this episode, we'll be talking about Van Morrison, Moondance. In the room, I have Rob. Yes, sir. Ben. Mm-hmm. And John. Aye. Moondance is the third studio album by Northern Irish singer-songwriter Van Morrison. It was released on the 27th of February, 1970 by Warner Brothers. And the producer is Louis Merstein and Van Morrison. The genre is rhythm and blues, soul, rock, jazz, pop, and Irish folk. And part of this is from Pitchfork, uh, Ryan Walsh, and part of is from Wikipedia. Will you shut the fuck up and listen? Van Morrison asked the crowd of chatty teeny boppers gathered at the Whiskey A Go Go in Los Angeles, February 1969. The kids answered his question with more talking. The unceremonious Astral Weeks promotional tour was unfolding with the kind of dues paying, shit eating milestones that the Belfast singer had sadly become accustomed to in the previous few years. Sure, some signs of positive change were afoot. Warner Brothers had successfully purchased his bang record contract from mobbed-up charlatans on the edge of the music industry, and his surprising acoustic rebirth in Astral Weeks had been breathlessly noticed by some critics, even if he could barely find a copy in a record store. But nine minutes, three chord jams backed by jazz players don't often become radio hits. And Morrison knew that what he needed now was to generate material that would be played over the airwaves. As his piano player at the time noted, I think Warners had pretty much told him, you have one more chance. Moondance found Morrison abandoning the abstract folk jazz composition of Astral Weeks in favor of more formally composed songs, which he wrote and produced entirely himself. Its lively rhythm and blues rock music was the style that he would become most known for in his career. The music incorporated soul, jazz, pop, and Irish folk sounds into songs about finding spiritual renewal and redemption in worldly matters such as nature, music, romantic love, and self-affirmation. Moondance was an immediately critical and commercial success, hailed by critics and consumers alike. It helped establish Morrison as a major artist in popular music, while several of its songs became staples of FM radio in the early 70s. All right, what do we think of Moondance? Van Morrison. It's beautiful. Van Start the man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of one of those albums that is just a classic to me. This is Purple Jumpsuit Van Morrison. <laughs> purple, purple, we've reached Purple Jumpsuit era Van Morrison, which... Is our favorite era of Van yeah. Morrison. Uh, I think. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'll, that happens a little bit later. I like a chunky, coked up man in a, uh, <laughs> in a purple jumpsuit. 
Yeah, but he played in the last Wallace, he's playing tracks off this album. Yes. It's true. Yeah, yeah. This is like the album he becomes known for, I think. Mm-hmm. It's his most popular album and I bought yeah. this album at a used CD store when I was in high school because I, I liked the song Moondance. And I, I heard it on Oldies Radio or whatever. And I, so I've been listening to it since like high school. But when I was in high school, I thought the whole thing was pretty and I thought the whole thing was good. But there but some there wasn't really many songs that like like jumped out of the woodwork at me. And it was kind of just one of those things that grew on me over the years. Like the more... I, I would put it on because it was just pleasant to listen to, almost like it's background music. And the more I would do that, the more I'd like notice different parts, different songs. The more I really just start to to like recognize all these songs individually as nice accomplishments of like songwriting and recording on their own. Even if even if they're not like jumping off the record at you, uh, just like the craftsmanship that went into to yeah, just like the writing and the production, everything about it is. Really impressive. I, I, I really, really, really like this record. Yeah, I, was... I, had, I had never heard it before. Oh, um, yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, so I was was pleasantly surprised that I, I knew songs off of it. And, uh, yeah, as far as, like, it, it, all the accolades that it's gotten are very well-deserved. Well, well um, there's no... I can't. I don't have any. I can't say anything bad about this record. And, and coming off of Astro Weeks... Uh, coming off of Astro Weeks, which I absolutely... Did not like. It was like the swinging Van Morrison stuff. This is this is just a ticket for old Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like a rhythm and blues. I mean, it's a very striking difference between the sort of solo singer songwriter and a lot of that had to do with him just telling uh, Louis Merstein just take a hike his his producer because I guess he had kind of pushed him in this other direction and Van Morrison was like, you know what. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do things that are a little more poppy or a little more soulful and go in, in in this direction and and leave that behind for now because I need something that will I mean pay the bills. He old, does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, old Van's gotta eat. I mean, he essentially said as much. Yeah. Right. I'm wearing a jumpsuit. It's all I got. <laughs> I mean, I, call that you know capitalism if you want, but he did a really good job with what his task was. He's like, I need to make something that's going to sound good. I need to make sell. one of the best albums of all time. <laughs> exactly. I, can't, well, I, I literally cannot afford to play fucking jazz run on, uh, you know, stream, stream of consciousness, of consciousness yeah. music. And so he's like, okay, how do I do that? I get a horn section and I get some backup singers, a flautist. And I get a, well, you gotta have a flautist. <laughs> but, well, then, and then he wrote all these songs. Exactly. Then he wrote all the songs and he produced the album himself. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah. And him in the studio, I read it. It's not that he was difficult to work with. He wasn't like the, the, you know, you had the stereotypical like studio prima donna, but what he was, he was like an artist at work. And he would make changes on the fly, depending on like what he would see. And he he ex- expected those changes to happen. Maybe you, you call in the banjo player, and then you decide you don't want a banjo in the song. You send the banjo player home. Some people might take umbrage with that. But that's just kind of like how he was in the, in the studio. It was like, he was like, it was his workspace. And it involved other people. And he was making changes, and he was playing fast and loose with it. But at the end, look at what he... Like, he had a vision, obviously, in his mind, and he was working on it, and I'm just so happy that it became realized. And I, I'm 
it, yeah. Uh, yeah, the fact that they could have dropped him after Astral Weeks and we would have never, you know, maybe gotten this album, depending on, you know, what happened. That's that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And all, all these songs are, are sort of like, man, they got that real nice, just like laid back soul uh, feel to them. Well, you, I, obviously it's a wonderful record and lots of people across demographics bought it. But you know what demographic was just ripe for the picking was 1960s hippies that were comfortably slipping into a domestic life. <laughs> and here's, That's here's the sound. Yep. And here's Van Morrison with his mystic love anthems. Yeah. yeah. And, he's, and he's doing you know? all the tricks to make it intimate. You know, like you know? the song we're listening to now is Crazy Love and he's singing super close to the mic yeah. and a little falsetto and he's got female backing singers like he's he's got it dialed in yeah, he was a butter on their bread you know? <laughs> jelly up that roll <laughs> <laughs> it's and it stoned them it stoned them just like jelly rolls <laughs> i mean he probably had diabetes at that point and yeah that, 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 that'll knock you right out <laughs> Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neat the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night Magic seem to whisper and hush. You know the soft moonlight seems to shine in your blush. Can I just hey, can, can we talk about? Can we talk about it, Stone Me? Sure, yeah. So you and I, I know, have have read up on on what the song is about. Yeah. We haven't we haven't talked, but yeah. I know that we both read. So I don't want to go first about the song. Does anyone have any uh, about what Jelly Roll is, or, or about just the song in general? Just like the song, the song in general. Just taking it at first sort of glance, you know, mm-hmm. it's about, or it seems to be about, you know, just on the top of it, like, oh, you know, here I am on a on a beautiful day experiencing nature, and it's it's stunning to me. It's stoned me. You got it. Okay, so that's what it. I mean, yeah, it was. That's what it, it's supposed it, he, to be. He said it was hearkening back to a time when you you were you were young enough and fresh enough that j- you could have these moments in your life where you're just struck by nature and and it transports you to uh, he would call it like a different dimension, like as if it was stoning you. And then in the chorus, like stone me just like jelly rolls, stone me. It's like also comparing it to like you know like orgasm uh, to a religious experience and like some of the different stuff. But it's it's just being able to and then he's he it was inspired by a story from his youth which is actually a really cool story to be out in nature and just have it to, to hit you like that he's saying uh he was when he was young he was like 12 and it was like it was earlier it was like was six it? yeah all right yeah but he was young and he was fishing with like family or friends or whatever out in uh like rural area uh uh called bally stark art in the in the in the song in the verses it tells a more complex story, but that when he was recapping it, he was saying like it, they were out and it was hot and they were walking through the mountains uh, and it was a rural area and they were thirsty and they came upon this old stone house, which may or may not have been the same stone house where Page and Plant were writing <laughs> Zeppelin Three. That's Wales. <laughs> That's Wales. It's across the Irish Sea. I mean, six of one half dozen the other, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, and he said there's an old man out there and he had 
bottles of like glass bottles of cold mountain stream water that he had gotten from the mountain stream and he said that he passed them around and they sat on this hot day just like in this very rural area by this like ancient stone house and this old man living out in the country just drinking st- stream water and he said it just like it blew his mind his young mind just like like just something as simple as that just like that cold water on a hot day he said it was like he said it took him to a different dimension. It was like being high. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Plus, everybody probably thought he was talking about getting high. Yeah. So it probably, probably didn't hurt. No, I thought, I mean, as the, as the songs go on, too, like, I, I almost feel like, how can you keep this up? Like, this sort of pace, it's that sort of thing where I have... I have with different artists like James Brown or Sam Cooke where I'm like, well, this song's great. What's the next? Can the next song possibly be as good? And then you, it, it just continues on throughout the album and it just becomes sort of like a, it's a classic then yeah. to me where you just say, awesome. We're listening to Caravan right now. Yeah. I love Caravan. Yeah, I think everybody. (laughs) No, this one became a staple on Last Waltz Radio. Oh yeah, yeah. We can talk about Last Waltz and Caravan with his his high kicks. Oh yeah, his high ish, shin high, his high kicks. So his aged David Carradine high kicks. So I should say too, when he was living in Woodstock, he sort of pined over. Uh, talking with Bob Dylan or meeting him where Bob Dylan had actually just moved, just moved. (laughs) So he kind of thought Bob Dylan is the only one of his peers that was a bit of his equal. I mean, according to Van Morrison. Yeah, exactly. And so he went over to the band and they kind of didn't really receive him as he thought they might. And they kind of not laughed at him, but I think they thought he was just kind of an odd character and treat him a bit as a sort of like a gesture sorts. And I can totally see where they're coming from because everything I've ever read about Van Morrison is it sounds he's kind like of he's a, a weird weirdo. dude. Yeah. yeah. And so I can definitely see the band being a little standoffish and saying, I don't know about this guy. But then it comes back around because he gives one of the, you know, maybe best performances on the last waltz with the band. With the band. Do, yeah. Doing his song kind of. Sh- reinvigorate you know kind of saying i'm part of this group now you know i am that good uh so it kind of comes full circle i thought that was really cool yeah yeah so i guess in between the band maybe shunning van morrison and and van morrison playing during last waltz uh moon dance comes out and tupelo honey comes out so i guess that's a it's a lot of time for the band to kind of maybe rethink that (laughs) that relationship (laughs) I could see it though. I mean, you just got this guy living in the same, saying, you know, I can. And that band's such a tight knit group of guys. Yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. hard to to penetrate. You yeah. know. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we're listening to Caravan right now, and uh, the, the, this one. So, I, Van bought that house in in upstate New York near Woodstock, and I guess there was a rumor that there was uh, the house was like way out, way out in the woods, like far from anyone. And there was a rumor that there was a tunnel under the house that went to another house that was a mile away. And the rumor was, if that other house was playing the radio, you would be able to hear it. Van Morrison would be able to hear it in his house because it would just be trapped, like sound waves would be going out of the tunnel, just as if he was playing it in his own house. And he heard that rumor like when he was buying the house. I don't think he ever experienced it happening. But he thought that was like such like a cool, whether it was realistic or not, <laughs> like such a cool thought, like... 
that my my neighbor a mile away is playing some tunes and I'll be able to hear them. We've got that connection with the radio, and that's what like the the radio imagery of of caravan no shit. was about. That and, and also gypsies. She's not playing with the radio. La 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 Gypsy Robin and Sweet Tell me everything. You kind of hit it on the head earlier too with that sort of this is a, a, a bit of a come down from the, the, the hippie scene, the psychedelic scene. I mean, it's a year after 1969 and this is the sort of easygoing but mm-hmm. still talking about mystical mm-hmm. uh, ideas. Um, so yeah. It's like the predecessor of that sort of early what John Denver um, country. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get you get tastes of it in like our house and the cart and uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Crosby, Stills, and that yeah, yeah. And quaint domesticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, comfort and love in a semi-pastoral setting. And, yeah, you know, it all it all. Everyone's moving out to the country in in the Can in the, in the, the like the music <laughs> scene. It seems yeah. I didn't. <laughs> that was, Although not I think, yet. Fuck the country. It's hot. Shitty. I think Van Morrison, he was like, I don't want to be here with all these hippies after Woodstock happened. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I think he, he moved on after that. You gotta sage that entire house. <laughs> Wait, but now you're just buying back into the system. Other other songs in this, I guess. We were talking about the soul influences of this. Uh, the last song, Glad Tidings, like, that could be on stacks. Like, that's just mm-hmm. a straightforward, you know, like, Southern Soul song. That one's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I did a little bit of a deep dive into the uh, background singers that they had on some of these songs. And so uh, one of them was uh, Emily Sissy Houston, Whitney Houston's mom, who we heard on uh, uh, some previous uh, recordings of the, what is it, American Studios? Or what, where was she out of? In, yeah. Yeah. American Studios. Oh, yeah. like Muscle Shoals? Area? No, no, no. Uh, no. It's... Uh, American, it, was, it was Memphis. Yeah. Memphis. All right. Yeah. And the then uh, another oh, one yeah, was yeah. Uh, Jackie Verdell, who I hadn't really heard of too much, but apparently she's, you know, just covered a tons of, of background. Uh, and to the point that uh, Aretha Franklin, this is just a story that I thought was hilarious. So I'm going to throw it out there. Aretha Franklin apparently learned the phrase, girl, you peed tonight. From her, have you ever heard the phrase "girl, you peed tonight"? No, no. yourself. I have not. Okay, so and I did not know this was a phrase, but Aretha Franklin says it is, so I'm going to trust her. Okay. Uh, when someone says to you, "Girl, you peed tonight," it is when you sing so hard that you piss yourself. <laughs> Uh, That's and amazing. so, you know, because apparently, <laughs> so it's not girl I peed tonight. No, it's girl you peed tonight. But like, like it seems it's like someone commending it's someone like, else. I know Aretha. I'm right. covered in pee. Right. <laughs> well, I don't think it's you know it's it's just a bit. Okay. <laughs> so, but enough that it spots the front of your uh, gospel choir gown. <laughs> so, 
Okay. But, uh, you know, so if anyone ever says to you, girl, you peed tonight, that is a compliment. Okay. <laughs> nice. That is that is good to know. Well, guys, I think we peed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Uh, Van Morrison definitely did. <laughs> yeah, he definitely peed. That's why his... Uh, He's got that jumpsuit. Yeah, it's purple. <laughs> hides hides the, the spots. <laughs> what do you think there, Robbie? Of this album. I, I'm, I'm going to find a copy and listen to it more. It's nice. very, very, very good. A plus. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, I like this record. A plus? <laughs> I'm going to give it the Robert Christgau <laughs> A minus. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say full positive on this. It's great. Uh, researching it makes you understand that there's all sorts of interesting ways it could be taken, like... Brand New Day apparently was covered by Miriam McCabe, which I would love to hear. Oh, I want to hear right? that. Yeah, so it's just like a lot of people recognize this, and there's a lot of ways that they could take it, and any of those directions I think is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that kind of struck me too because I'd always listened to this album album and thought, great, all these songs are great. Did he write all of them? And then you, you realize, oh, wait, he did write all of them. Uh, there's not covers, and yeah. it, it feels so strange because it, they're so good that um, it, it feels unnatural that someone's so prolific, I guess, in, yeah. in the album. Uh, yeah. yeah, total positive he's for me, so, though. He's Love so it. well known for his voice. His voice is so good. I, I sometimes wonder if he gets the respect he's due as a songwriter. I think he does a you bit. Think he does? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know he wrote all these songs, and it, like, I just... I honestly thought that maybe some of them were covers. I mean, yeah. he's, I feel like he's in that, not as much as Paul Simon, but I feel like he's, yeah, he's, he's well known enough. Like yeah. when people say Van Morrison, they know, uh, I did find one interesting, like little strange fact, uh, that Charlie, Charlie's angel, Farrah Fawcett was a huge fan of Van Morrison and when she was dying of cancer and too sick to attend one of his concerts, the Irish singer taped it, especially for her. And it was one of the last things she ever watched. Oh, wow. wow. Which is, I don't know. Strange. Very sweet, though. Yeah, yeah. that's really sweet. All right, next time we'll be talking about The Grateful Dead, American Beauty. All right, thanks, y'all. When all the dark clouds roll away Yeah, the sun begins to See my freedom from across the way And it comes right in on time When it shines so bright And it gives so much light And it comes from the sky above Make me feel so free Make me feel